0: Welcome to the Solution-Focused Schools Unlimited podcast series. My name is Linda Metcalf, and I'm the author of Counseling Toward Solutions and several other books using the Solution-Focused Approach. Counseling Toward Solutions was the first book that took the Solution-Focused Approach to working with students into the classroom for kindergarten through 12th grade. Now in its third edition, it's coming out in April 2021 by Routledge, available on Amazon.com. The title of this podcast is The Wonder of Wonderfulnesses. Now, what a funny word, wonderfulnesses. It actually came from a book that I adore titled Narrative Therapy in Wonderland Connecting with Children's Imagination and Know How, written by David Epstein and two of his partners, Marston and Markham. David presented at my university a couple of years ago and just blew me away with the idea of wonderfulnesses. When he talked about the idea that for some parents who come in and talk about their children as if they were failures as parents and as the children are misbehaving or not doing well in school or home, he often listens for a little bit to their complaints and then says, would it be okay if we talked about something else for a little bit? He asked permission. That's that's pretty important to, to recognize in narrative therapists. They, they tend to always ask permission. They're very respectful in that way. And once a parent says, well, I guess so, David starts off with, I want to know some wonderfulnesses about your son or daughter. That usually takes a parent by surprise. And that typically leads into quite a conversation, as you can imagine, that is very different than the conversation the parent probably intended to have and imagine too what if their child or adolescent is in the session with them can you imagine what it was must be like for a child or adolescent who knows maybe they're in trouble and they go see a school counselor or a teacher and accompanied by their parent ready to hear all the awful things they've done and how they never really amount to anything possibly that's in their head of course and instead they start hearing a teacher or a school counselor say to their parent for just a little while i'd like to know some wonderfulnesses about your daughter about your son and as the parent begins to talk about those wonderfulnesses it's amazing to watch the children's expressions and the teenagers expressions. I'll never forget the first time that I used these ideas, although I did not call them wonderfulnesses. I just kind of dab- dabbled in it because I had a mom and a daughter who came in to see me as a client and really didn't know what to do. The daughter would not get out of the car. And so the mother came into our clinic and said, can you help me, Linda? I can't get her out of the car. Now this was a new client, so no way could I go and ask the daughter to come into the clinic. It was much more helpful for mom to do that. So I said, mom, how about you ask her to just come in for 10 minutes? Just 10 minutes, that's it. And the mom said, okay, I'll try. And so mom went out to her car And I don't know if she bribed or threatened or whatever she did, but the daughter came in a little while later with her ear pods in her ears, bopping along to some music she was listening to, and flopped down on the couch in the waiting room of the clinic. And Mom just looked at me, rolled her eyes, and I smiled and went over and introduced myself to Annie. Let's see what happens when we moved upstairs later and... I looked at Annie, who was still listening to the earphones, and Mom, who was beginning to really get angry at Annie, and I turned things around by asking a question about wonderfulnesses. Okay, so to start off with something like I've just described to you, where a mom is pretty upset and the daughter is very non-compliant, it's pretty important to take a step back for a minute and imagine this scene in your head for a second. Because I'll bet you've had clients, I bet you've had students and parents come in with situations like this, and you're not so sure if you need to be a referee or if you just need to exclaim, you know, we don't do that in here. Instead, I think it's important to think about how we think about our clients. And for this young girl to come in, somehow, told me that somehow she wanted to be there. Her feet were on the floor. For Mom to take that extra step and muster up all the courage to go out to the car and try to come in meant to me that Mom was very serious about getting her daughter help and herself help, which was why they were coming. It seemed that Mom had been divorced from Annie's father, and Annie had been a great kid up until the year after they divorced. Dad took up with a female before mom and dad divorced, which Annie learned about, and she became very upset with her father. But she did what a lot of kids do sometimes when their parents are out of sorts and not getting along. She began to act out just as a response to not feeling very secure. And so she started hanging out with the wrong crowd, her grades plummeted, And thus, Mom brought her into counseling. So with a little bit of that information, I looked at both of them and said to Mom, You know, Mom, would it be okay for a minute if I just asked you something a little different uh, rather than going into what brings you here? And Mom said, Well, I guess. I don't know what else we're going to do. She's not going to listen. I said, Well, it looks that way maybe, but you just never know. I'm going to trust that Annie might give us a little bit of her time. But I want to start off and ask you, tell me to ask you and, and about the, the things about Annie that you just absolutely love. And mom looked at me with a kind of a curious face and said, well, you know, there's so many things about her that I love. First of all, since all of this has gone on, she's been remarkable in helping me with her little brother because I have to have two jobs now. I can't afford to keep us where we're living unless I have two jobs and her dad's not really good about paying child support. So that's something I love about her very much. I said, what else? What else is it about her that you just really love? And mom said, well, you know, she's basically been such a good kid all these years and that's why it's so hard to see her kind of go downhill but I know deep in her heart who she really is, because I see that at times. I see that, that glimpses of kindness and caring and good kid and good values. And that's what I love about her so much. Now, as mom started talking about the things she loves about Annie, Annie took out the ear pods and she started looking over at her mom as if she was hearing mom for the first time in a long time. And she looked at me and I said, Wow, Annie, tell me some things that you love about your mom. And this girl, who was refusing to talk to me at first, started saying to me, My mom is the most remarkable woman I've ever met. And mom looked over at her and began to cry. And I said, Wow, tell me about that remarkable woman. And I'll never forget her words. They were so typical of an adolescent. She said, My mom has a sucky life and what my dad did was inexcusable. He left us and he cheated on her and she didn't deserve that. She deserves so much better. I said, tell me more about your mom. Oh, she says she's clever. She's smart. She's got two jobs and she's looking at going back to school and I know she's going to be great when she goes back to school and she tries to take care of me and I'm not doing so great and I need to straighten up. I know I need to straighten up. Okay, well, thank you so much for telling me all these things about your mom. And at that point, Mom reached over, grabbed Annie's hand, and Annie stayed for the rest of the session, which lasted about an hour. I finished session with Annie and saw them one more time a few weeks later. I was actually going on a study abroad trip with some students so I couldn't see them for a couple of weeks. But when I came back and they came into my office, they were both happy. Mom was talking about the dramatic changes that Annie had made as far as going and working on her schoolwork and beginning to hang around better people. And I was just amazed. I thought, my goodness, you know, this is, I've only seen you once. I know I do brief therapy, but good grief two times. And mom said, you know, we're good. And Annie said, we're really good. Talking about wonderfulness is a very different approach, especially when we are dealing with students in schools that may not be on track at times. But the ideas that I've just shared with you with this case can easily be done if you are a teacher or a school counselor working with students. Imagine, for example, doing the same thing. Parent comes in and with the student. And please always bring in that student. You'll hear me say this over and over in podcasts. The important part of having a parent conference with a parent is having the student present. Because when you ask the wonderfulnesses, imagine the different impact that has on kids who think that everything is just doom and gloom, things aren't going well, and their parents are upset with them. The climate In the parent conference drastically changes too whenever you start talking about the wonderfulnesses of a student. Parent begins to recall a memory or so. David Epstein talks about that in the book. Asking parents after they talk about wonderfulnesses to tell them a time, a memory when those wonderfulnesses were so evident. Go back several years if you need to, he'd say. And tell me, what's that memory about? And then the parent begins to recall the memory and the kid hears it and suddenly things are just a whole lot better, more of an even playing field to discuss what's next so that these wonderfulnesses appear again. And that's the idea behind finding them. In a parent conference, once those wonderfulnesses are found, then you could even say, I wonder how can you, student, use some of these wonderfulnesses in the way you and mom and dad talk at home? How can you use it with your teachers? How can you use it with your friends, with, your, with other students at school, your peers? How can you use these wonderfulnesses in the way that you're so clever with your little brother at home and getting your homework done at times? How can you do that? In other words, exceptions develop from wonderfulnesses, and that's the solution-focused approach. So combining the two models, solution-focused and narrative therapy, works really well. Gives you a chance to check out things that are traits and values that we call wonderfulnesses, and then see about a miracle question that asked of a student or a teacher or a parent, which says, so imagine a day when you're using these wonderfulnesses so that others can see them. What do you think they would notice about you? What else would they notice about you? What would you hope they would realize about who you are as a teacher or a school counselor or a friend or a fellow student? What would you hope? And when we learn what we really want to portray and present to the world, that gives us ideas on how to approach situations that aren't working for us. They become our solutions. now I have something for you, because you're the one who took the time to listen to this podcast, which tells me, number one, you're probably curious about this crazy title of the podcast, two, it matters to you that you are at your very best as a school counselor or a teacher or a parent or an administrator, whatever your role is. So here's the question I have for you, and I'm going to kind of prefix it with with a little bit of extra stuff just to kind of get you going on this day, no matter if it's after school or before school. I want you to realize you are the heart of the school. If you're a teacher, school counselor, administrator, you keep others going every single day. You give, if you're a counselor, you do guidance lessons. If you're a teacher, you teach of course, and you touch the lives of so many students every single day. Every word that you say is remembered. They may not always show that they're remembering it, but they will be remembering it. Make those words wonderful words. So just for a minute, I want you to think about who you are, what values you really hold dear to you, how you hope you come across to the students and the parents and the teachers and your other colleagues every single day and keep making a mental list, or you can write it down. These values and these ideas of who you are are what I call call a presentation that you do every single day to the world. You present yourself. How do you want them to remember you? 20 years from now, the kid picks up a yearbook or looks online for pictures of you as his teacher or his school counselor. What do you hope they remember fondly about you today in 2021. Those are your wonderfulnesses. Make a list. Make a list of at least five, more if you can, and then think about just for today, going out and showing off your wonderfulnesses to students, particularly students who are a little downtrodden by things, and there's a few out there right now, struggling, not so happy, Need somebody to say something kind. Show off those wonderfulnesses with a student and a teacher. Goodness, our teachers are really struggling too. Do something that they will remember twenty years from now. Something a little extraordinary. When you do that, you impact another person. That person walks away from you. Good chance he or she will impact another person. And it will go on and on and on. That's the systems approach. Every time you are at your very best, you impact others in a way that may make a difference in their day. And it might help them to be at their very, very best. So I hope this podcast gives you a chance to think about the wonderfulnesses that you possess. Because they're in there. Think back to the days when you decided to be a teacher or a school counselor. I remember the day I decided to be a teacher. I was 13 years old, and I, it was Friday the 13th. And I thought, hmm, I don't really care for the way my teachers talk to me or my parents talk to me. I hope someday I can talk to people in a way that's kinder, nicer, better, better. And while the road was meandering a little bit before I got to be a school counselor, I did start off my career as a teacher. But I went into that school and was told, hey, you look way too young, so you need to really be tough and hold the heavy stick and don't smile until Christmas. I think I've told you all this story before. And it didn't work out the first year, but the second year I went back. And I guess you could say I kind of began to seek out who I was and what I wanted to present myself as, and the fact that I just plain liked those middle school kids. And I had wonderful years after that. Some people would say, oh, you had different kids. No, they were the same kinds of kids, but it was me who was different. I wish that for you over the next week and month. And may the solution force always be with you. Have an exceptional week.